Welcome back to the seventh season of my podcast. I'm making a couple of changes for 2024, namely moving episodes to fortnightly to create more realistic workload and publishing on Thursdays. You probably know by now that I work with companies to help them understand what's getting in the way of people having the best experience and performing well. Whether that's about work culture, leadership and management, mental wellbeing or engagement, I strip back the noise to uncover what's really going on. And then together we create a meaningful, innovative and sustainable approach to address those challenges. And that's what I'll be discussing with my guests. It's all about putting the human factor back into business. Because when we get people right, we get business right. I want to give a quick shout out about Leadership and Manager Labs, because I'm facilitating those with the fabulous Gemma Ellison of Heart Leadership. If you're interested in a space and community dedicated to development via a process of experimentation that gives us permission to analyse, test, review and learn, all within a human-centric framework, get in touch. Details are in the show notes. I'm your host, Lisa, psychologist and psychotherapist and founder of It's Time for Change. Thank you for joining me on Beyond the Water Cooler. I posted on LinkedIn recently about whether soft skills need a rebrand. And I think it's something like 42 comments later that I'm sitting here with Andrew Bardsley, founder of Jack HR, um, and someone who's focused on helping companies keep their best people. So welcome, Andrew, and thank you for joining me at such short notice. No problem. It's great to be here. 42 comments as well. That's amazing. And we'll have lots to uh, lots to chat through, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think um, your, you know, your there were so many comments and so many different perspectives mm. on that. But actually, some of what you were saying, I think this would be really good to kind of explore a little bit further with you. And it's one of those things that obviously caught people's attention. You never quite know with LinkedIn what's going to land and what isn't. And it's one of those things mm-hmm. that everyone had an opinion on. Um, yeah. And I think with uh, so much being talked about in terms of culture and getting the right work spaces. Um, it's all about relationships, uh, all about recruitment issues and so on. I thought actually it would be really good to drill down into. And you, the thing I love about your LinkedIn profile, it talks about um, your mission of helping scaling UK tech companies to keep their best yeah. people. Is that right? That's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. That's it. So keep helping UK scaling UK tech companies keep their best people. Um, and, I've, yeah, played around with that sort of that headline for for a little while but i think i really wanted to get to the heart of of why we do all this stuff in, in learning and and leadership development and and upskilling and and I, and i think that's what what ultimately it it boils down to i think if we can give people purpose and help them grow and help managers help people grow you know it, it all it all sort of roads lead to helping organizations keep the talent they've worked so hard to to find so um so yeah you know could have thrown out terms about you know upskilling people um educating leaders all that sort of stuff and that is effectively what i do and what i help organizations with but i think like i say all those roads lead to helping keep their best people so that's my that's my mission that's what i'm trying to help people and organizations do and uh, yeah looking forward to chatting about some of that stuff today so let's think about soft skills then. What mm-hmm. uh, what do we even mean by soft skills? What does that term mean to you? Because I know, again, it's a term that's used a lot. It's just banded around. 
And I think mm. we generally have an idea of what they think that means. I'd be interested to hear your take on it. Yeah, I was, I was having a little bit of a, a a bit of a think about about this, and there's so many. I think there's so many ways you could you can talk about soft skills. But one one thing that kept that I kept coming back to was you can you can know everything about a particular topic. Let's say I don't know software engineering, for example. You can know everything there is to know about that, but I don't know if that makes you 100% effective at your job in an organization. And I think that's where we start to then have this discussion about, about soft skills. Mm-hmm. I think the phrase that was going around my head was it helps you to do your job better. Yes, you can have all the knowledge, you can have all the information and you probably do an okay job, mm-hmm. but this um, extra layer of communication of collaboration of you know time management all that stuff is going to help you just take mm. that to the next level and be be better at, at your role um so yeah and i'm sure we'll get on to sort of some of the other the other sort of the the conversation about how you know how that links with values how that links with um you know i think onboarding was one of them that was float, floating around my head i'm sure we'll get on to talking about that sort of stuff later but but that's the phrase that i kept coming back to was that it just it helps you to be better at your job um so yeah that's that's probably in a in a nutshell what it what it means to me but be interested right. to hear your thoughts as well lisa well i think it is that um you know, it's there's that kind of consensus. It's the it's the opposite to the hard skills. It's the kind mm. of opposite to the um to the sort of technical um mm-hmm. skills. It's much more about the interpersonal. It's much more just about by being human. Mm. And you know, I thought the point you made was good about it. Doesn't matter if your job is entirely technical and you are a whiz at being incredibly technical. Mm. Um unless you're sitting in a box your entire life without interacting with anyone, you need to be able to in, engage with people and to interact with people and mm-hmm. to communicate. Um, you can come up with the next best invention on this planet, but unless you can communicate that to someone and explain why it's great and the difference it's going to, to make and so mm-hmm. on. Um, you know, we don't, we don't operate in silos, do we? And I think that's no. the bit for me that's, missing when people talk about um you know we just need people who are really good at this tech stuff or um you know that they're kind of focusing on the hard skills i think there's a move away from that now people are much Mm. more aware that we you know the collaboration engagement being Mm. able to just read people's body language you know that whole people someone mentioned the other day last week a company else where talked about you know, it's more sort of support around emotional intelligence. I was thinking, wow, mm-hmm. there's a term I haven't heard for a while because that was a term that's being banded around yeah. years ago. Everyone wanted inte- emotional intelligence stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that kind of space seems to have gone a bit quieter in favour of other language, but essentially mm-hmm. almost being human. Yeah, I think that's 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 that word's so key, I think, coming back to the human skills and... Um, yeah, people skills, people powers, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, not not trying to jump the gun. We might we might have this this conversation mm-hmm. later on about what you know what we actually call these uh, these skills. But I think it does come back to to being a human, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes soft skills so difficult. Um, and maybe this is a slightly controversial way of thinking about it, but when we look at the harder skills, they 
feel to me a little bit more predictable. They feel a little bit more, okay, I can follow a process. I can, I can do some research. I can learn X, Y, Z. And, and by and large, that will be the same every time I come back yeah. to that particular thing. But when you throw a human in the mix, you know, every human is different. Every conversation with every human is going to be different. And that's where it makes, that's where these skills come in, in handy, but also makes them so, so difficult. Um, because there's just not no knowing how, you know, I had a brilliant conversation, you know, brilliant bit of feedback that I gave to, to someone and I'm going to use that exact same process again, but they could have a completely different outcome, yeah. completely different reaction. And, um, and yeah, they're they're really really tough. It's Soft skills really, are hard really skills. I think someone yeah. made that comment, which I thought was which I thought was good. Yeah. Actually, that whole um, you know, the human element, which is unpredictable. Mm. I was listening to a, an audible book um on the weekend with my husband when we were traveling in the car about um, as you're getting an in, in insight into uh someone's brain who has um is on the autistic spectrum just in mm. terms of how they view the world and it was talking about you know the, the word that we say and it's talking about sort of um the non-verbal communication as the body language and so on mm. but all the inference and all the stuff that isn't you can't see it and you can't um you can't hear it necessarily but you just pick up on this stuff and mm. it's that kind of you know the in you know people often talk about intuition and so on but it's about what we infer from what people's mm. uh, people's words are about and there's a real skill involved in that it's really mm -hmm. hard to get that right and a lot of that is missed in conversation um mm. depending on how you know good people's skills are in that particular area you can't mm. there's you can't place enough value on that because it's that's the stuff that people um almost rely on in terms mm -hmm. of speeding communication up or making assumptions that you've understood what I mean when I've said these few words and you're like well mm. I can't actually say what I thought you were going to say um mm. communication is complicated isn't it <laughs> it is and and as as you were talking there I was thinking about you know we're having this conversation through zoom and like mm. that that added element as well makes all of that intuition and picking up on body language picking up on that subtle uh, all those subtle elements makes that so much more difficult as well. So that's like that's another added layer of of mm. difficulty. Um, and yeah, and and maybe why some organisations haven't quite found that balance between um, like synchronous and asynchronous communication in the office, remote, all you know, all of that murky, murky world. But um, but it does it makes it so difficult to to pick up on that stuff. We're just a little box on a screen. We close that screen and then we don't know what's what's happened before or what's happening after. We've just got this like moment in time and we've got to just try try our best to pick up on what we can pick up on. But mm. but that's really difficult as well. So, and so particularly difficult. when some people I still have a bit of an issue with people who um you know turn the cameras off. Mm. I understand that some people want to turn the cameras off, but actually if you were in person in a meeting you would have to be physically present and mm. we miss so much with that the camera off um i always want i always wonder what's going on behind that kind of blank screen yeah. um in terms of um you know not necessarily whether they're actually just you know starting the cooking the dinner yeah. or whatever but actually whether you know how stuff how they're feeling about yeah. stuff which you you can't pick up so how does um so one one thing i was really interested in uh when i was looking at your linkedin profile is that you're talking about you know, you're obviously interested in soft skills, but you're also interested mm. in tech. Mm. And I hear a lot, um, 
of people talk about, well, you know, you've got these techie types over here and you've got these people who are really good at soft skills over here and they kind of put them on opposite sides of a room. Mm. Tell me a little bit more about your experience with that. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great question and and something that um yeah, something that definitely definitely heard similar sort of similar trains of thought, but in in reality, and I'm thinking particularly um around some of the managers that that I've that I've worked with, um mm. that I I don't don't think that 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 sort of dichotomy is that the right word that mm. sort of opposition exists but also I, I don't think it can exist because uh, in, in many organizations particularly some of these technical organizations where you have people who need to be very technical um, but they also need to be able to have the the compassion the empathy the the ability to have a great conversation um, there's a group of um, we call them engineering managers I think that's a a pretty broad a broad term for, mm-hmm. for sort of technical managers who are technically minded and have probably done a software engineering job in the past but they also manage people mm. um and and that that's that you know that is the the sort of the the fusion of, of these two hard skills and, and soft skills or whatever we want to call them um and that's a really really difficult difficult thing to uh to manage and, and to navigate um but you know i've, I've seen it work so so well um where so i've got an example of a um of a group of graduates that we had at, at, in an organization so fresh into into the world of work really sort of green in that sense um but also learning all of the technical side as well and mm. we had a group of really really engaged managers who needed to manage both of those those sides um so they needed to be able to bring them through the world of work help them to to find their feet in in meetings in you know just day-to-day working in an office working remotely but then they also needed to be there to support and and um and sort of help teach them through the, the technical side as well and, and you know that's a really really difficult to switch contexts like that um but really valuable because it's remi- so valuable it reminds yeah. me of um my first ever job was uh being a teacher um mm. and I, you know, it's all about when I I did, I was only a teacher for three years and then I left to do other stuff, which is about supporting schools and communities and so mm. on. But um, when I left that job, one of my roles was about supporting um, the emotional, social development of mm. children and their families. And I remember um, in one school, someone turned, the head teacher turned around to me saying, well, that's not our job. You know, we're, our job is to teach, is to get them through their kind of sats with their English and their maths and everything. So actually you're missing the point. And I think schools mm-hmm. inquiry um, grasp the fact that they're, they're educating whole people um, yeah. and it's not just about pass your exams. And I think also for companies to have that responsibility, you know, we are not just, we haven't just got employees coming to work to do their best for us as a company, mm-hmm. but our workforce are part of our community, but they're a part of communities outside of our company. And actually we need to do the right thing by them. So if we can, upskill them and give them confidence and so on they're Mm. going to flourish for us but they're also they're going to do incredibly well outside of work and of course if you're successful in lots of different avenues of your life then that has benefits in all your different avenues of life so Mm. is that whole kind of wholesome holistic approach to it yeah no that's it and and such a great um celebration of 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 a manager who can do that and 
yeah and, and guide someone like you say not just through the world at work but also through through life as well I think uh, yeah that's an incredibly uh, incredibly impactful mm. and also I think yeah. um, you know I like you picked up on the importance for managers to have these skills mm. after um people and, and do right by them but also if you've got people who are very good at tech and coming up with the next best thing mm. um the world's got to know about that next best thing so you've got to be able to communicate that outwards you've got to be able to go yeah. along to your a conference and talk about something or to to sell yeah. the idea to someone else there's you know at every level there is going to be a degree of um human engagement on human interaction yeah 100 percent, and um and i think that's why soft skills are so important for, for everyone but then and i don't think this is too much of a tangent but then we also need to make space for people who who don't want that to be their their full Absolutely. full thing so you know I, I think managers again is the easiest example yeah, yeah, yeah. but so many so many organizations just have progression means managing a team and that's just not what one is not what people want to do and two it's not always in in that person's you know like skill set mm. yes we need these like core soft skills i'm not exactly sure what those core soft skills are but we need some form of like you say communication collaboration those types of things but for that to then be someone's only avenue to progress feels feels pretty pretty unfair and pretty sort of like narrow-minded so I think we need to also have those those options and opportunities Absolutely. for people to grow um in the in the technical if that's the mm. way they want to take it but also if it's if it's the softer more people human side of things then then that's an avenue for them as well so um so yeah and that's maybe something we've not all got quite right yet but uh I, but I think these types of conversations I think yeah. that that is only going to be um an outcome I think so yeah yeah I th no, I completely agree. And I think, you know, I talk a lot about you've got to challenge tr the traditional ways of doing things in business and actually mm. start looking at individuals mm -hmm. as individuals and say, you know, identify what they're good at and what they're interested in, because if they're passionate mm. about it, they're going to commit to it and yeah. um, but putting the right people in the right roles. And, and it's actually interesting. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago who said, actually, who's now taken on a much more senior role in her company. And she's she said, mm. I recognize we don't have the right people in the right roles and they're now doing mm -hmm. this big switch around which is which is quite um scary in one sense but also really exciting mm -hmm. because you suddenly have all mm -hmm. the people with the right skills to do their job really well um which yeah. is cool so um what about uh the connection with ai so does that come in Oof. in terms of tech and yeah. i was just thinking um it was literally just before we joined this call. I was thinking, oh yeah, we haven't, I haven't really thought about AI and all this. All right, yeah. Have no, you? I, and I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have, um, yeah, I have, I have a few very high level thoughts about AI. I'm certainly not a uh, an expert by any means, but <clears throat> actually, I think AI is is an an an, an enabler for us mm. and will help us to do more of the human stuff. Um, it's not, I don't think, going to come and, and take take jobs away necessarily. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, a sort of. I think a lot of uh, uh, a lot of these companies are calling it as, as like a co-pilot. So it's going to mm -hmm. be there as a support, as something that can maybe take away some of the the admin tasks. It can maybe enhance some of the thoughts that we're already having. But mm -hmm. ultimately, the output for us in in the work that we do is going to help us to be more human. So we can spend more time 
instead of building content as an example we can spend more time talking and having conversations with people to make sure we're you know getting right down to the sort of the nitty-gritty of what someone needs to learn mm. and then we can use ai as a co-pilot to help us build that content in a you know in a quicker more efficient way mm. so um so yeah actually i think it's gonna it's gonna help us be more human and maybe do more of these these soft skills that we've been that we've been talking about what that actually looks like i'm not entirely sure um but uh but yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's not going to wait. I think it's, it's, no, it's I, I I couldn't agree more. I, and I'm again I'm going to put a, a load of links in the show notes to um, mm. lots of things that I've come across um, through my work to do soft skills. There was something there's an article, um, and I think also a podcast. I've not listened to it by mm. um, Bavinda Singh Power, um, who and he says in workplaces where many tech processes will likely be form, performed by machines. Soft skills will allow us to differentiate ourselves in terms of creativity. Mm. And it's that humans will continue to generate the new ideas and you still need humans to be able to do that. Um, so I agree that you, it's not about AI taking over. It's about being very clear about what we use mm -hmm. AI for and what humans are needed for, what they provide, what the value they offer, um, which is going to be about the soft skills. Exactly. And you can tell when if you use LinkedIn as an example, you can mm. tell when someone's used yeah. AI to, to to write a post and they've literally gone copy paste yeah. post. It, it's it's like it's so that it's and I think it is down to that human touch. Yeah. It's just not there. It feels yeah. you just yeah. feel a little bit uneasy when you're reading it. Yeah. It would be the same if we were to use AI for the for the work that we do. You would feel mm. a little bit disconnected from it. You'd just feel that something wasn't quite quite mm. right so i think that is a perfect description it's just going to help us to mm. to then really focus in on these on mm. these softer elements on these softer skills so yeah do you think we can teach soft skills because again um i've heard people say well you've either got them or you haven't and, you know they're mm. um they're part of your character they're your traits mm. which i have an opinion on but what's your opinion yeah and i had a i thought i'd like I was going to come in really strong and just be like, yes, absolutely. You can, you can teach um, soft skills, but then the, the conversation we were having before about intuition, trust, trust in your gut, that type of thing, I, that, that started to, to question um, that sort of that initial response. I, I still think there are lots of things that we can, that we can teach and, um, and should continue to teach. Um, so um, what, one of the things that I was, I was thinking about was, was creativity and I you know, thought okay well could could we teach someone to be creative and my initial reaction was well maybe maybe not if you were to sort of sit down and think okay I'm going to build a session about creativity that might be quite difficult mm. but then I was starting to think well what are the what are all the things that 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 build into creativity well it's our mindset it's given us like a space to think it's given us um you know different different inputs different bits of energy so maybe it's not thinking about well what, what is creativity and how do we teach that actually it's putting someone into the mindset of a creative person and giving them the space to go away and then and then be creative do creativity mm. whatever it is so maybe it's more building a session around something like design thinking and giving them the elements of design thinking to then go away and apply to their context instead of just saying, okay, 
let's sit down and talk about creativity today. So, so I think why I'm saying this is, yes, I think we can teach soft skills, but I think we just have to think a little bit more about what, what each of these soft skills actually mean and look like for us in, in an organization. So it's no good sitting down and saying, let's talk about, let's talk about communication because that's just going to feel, it's going to feel generic. It's going to feel like, well, how, what does that mean for me? How do I apply it? So instead of doing that, sit down and think, well, what does it communication mean for our organization? Well, it means being, having courageous conversations. It means giving really candid feedback. It means all of these things. And then from there we can say, well, we'll start to teach all of these things or give people insight into what these things mean. And that will then help us with our communication. So um, so that's quite a long-winded way of saying, yes, I think we can teach them. Um, but then I think we just have to be a little bit clever about what we actually teach. And there's still a question mark over intuition. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I really like your your observation about you need to be very clear about what it looks like. Mm. Um, and actually just taking a term, you know, someone asked me last week about um, doing some stuff around emotional intelligence. Mm. And I've gone back to them saying, well, what, what do you mean by that? What like, mean? what is it that you would yeah. like to be able to do differently or to feel different about in terms of confidence? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think breaking that down, being very clear about that is really mm-hmm. important. And it's about showing someone or um, explaining and exploring what that actually means, but then finding lots of opportunities to practice yeah. and lots of reinforcement and lots of, you know, part of that is going to be about noting when people are doing it well and being able to feedback about why it went well and the, the difference mm-hmm. it made and then looking for those opportunities when things perhaps could be a little bit better, a little bit different um, yeah. and engaging that conversation in a really supportive way, which is not about criticism, um, mm-hmm. but it's just it's about giving some really helpful, constructive feedback. But again, mm-hmm. that in itself, just the feedback bit, a lot of people shudder at the thought of that. It's like, how could yeah. I possibly say something that's about someone else could do something better and that comes down to the whole you know what culture you have and about psychological mm. safety and support and so on so um so I think yeah I think those observations were were good yeah it's it's it, 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 sorry go on no I can say and also I think there's um you know you meant you touched on touched on intuition and mm. I think there is you know there is a kind of a consensus around the fact that women lots of the soft skills women might find easier um, mm. There was something I read in um, McKinsey, um, which, and again, I'll put the link uh, links in, but um, they were saying that traditional behaviours of control, uh, sort of corrective action and sort of individual decision making are now considered the least critical for future success. Um, much more important are intellectual stimulation, which kind of comes mm. equal measure, um, men and women, but five other traits of inspiration, um, participative can hardly say that word decision making (laughs) setting expectations and rewards people development and role modeling are applied more frequently by women um Mm. but that doesn't mean that men can't do those things it's about recognizing that they we might create opportunities for them to explore and to sort of understand what that means what it looks like and 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 to break it down into Mm -hmm. what it looks like for them what it feels like and why does it feel uncomfortable and what should I be looking for and what what if all that Mm. stuff that's and and the role modeling piece is an interesting one there and maybe thinking about the 
yeah the ro- the role models that maybe men look to or have looked to and and, and maybe less mm. i don't know maybe it's very stereotypical but maybe less open to that that way of thinking or have been in the past or have seen role models be less mm. um you know less open vulnerable expressive and and um like i say i'm generalizing but that's a really interesting one so maybe having role models who do really live and breathe these these ways of thinking would be a way to open that up to to yeah. to people in the organization it's an yeah that's an interesting one i hadn't really thought about that before i am um, was uh lucky enough to have a conversation on this podcast with uh someone called dr sean andrews um mm. a year or so ago and she's uh in the states and she does she's written a book called the power of perception and it's mm. about um how about gender differences in terms of our perception of what we are expecting of men and mm-hmm. women and then how we respond when we see them using the particular skill sets so if mm. a uh woman is to be focusing on soft skills and so on and which might also involve being a bit more um expressive with their emotions uh and it's like mm-hmm. is that seen as a good trait in terms of role modeling and creating the right environment for people to to do the same or is that seen as a weakness because she can't hold it all together and prove she's strong mm. and it's mm. and it was really um interesting it kind of touches on the allyship and the role of men in terms of creating the right space also for women creating the right space and and just starting to have some really good conversations I'm I'm all yeah. I love just kind of stripping back all the kind of levels of complexity which seem to build up in companies around you know we've got to have this like really highbrow training about this very intellectual concept it's like let's just have a conversation about how it what I feel about that particular Mm -hmm. um, expectation or you know how do I am I daunted by that do I feel I'm good at that what do I see around Mm. me what do I want to happen just talking about it at that level makes a huge difference 100 and just then having a clear idea about what you want to see in yeah. in the organization as well and and i think we forget that needs to be the starting point before we can have these these conversations because if, we, if we're not really sure what we're working towards it's like what you're saying about you know someone asks for emotional intelligence training well you know what what does that mean for one you know how like how have you got to that particular summary of i need emotional intelligence training actually is it is it you know, if we dig a little bit deeper is it something completely you know different is it something about having a safe space to share is it something about having you know yeah, an open culture of vulnerability and and i think just we and i mean this is a i think this is a uh, a known um difficulty for learning professionals is we we, we sometimes maybe not for learning professionals actually but for businesses thinking mm. about learning is that they just think well we need x training to do so we can be better at that but it, it sometimes just only touches the surface and actually our job as learning professionals is to dig into what does that really mean for you why are you trying to solve this particular problem what are you hoping to see and more often than not that emotional intelligence training very quickly changes into something completely different um how did it get onto that I was thinking I about how, like, where we start, you know, and yeah. how, you know, what, what do we want to see in the organization? I think that is such a key point you made, Andrew, because I think mm. um, you're right that too many companies will, it's almost like the box ticking bit, you know, or we, mm-hmm. or someone says, you know, I think we need some of this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's try and find a provider to, to do that. Yeah. Um, 
when I was just before we hit record, I was saying I was um, up north last week um, yeah. and visiting <laughs> um, uh, Jim Liptrot's company, um, Howard There, and his his approach to um, ch- resolving or like sort of looking at development was was really inspirational actually because mm. it was around um, he had an idea what he thought his leadership team might need. But he said, actually, what I want you to do is I want you to come in and just spend a couple of hours with them to explore what they think they need in relation to this particular topic. Mm. And and so and we did lots of talking around, um, you know, what do these what feelings, these words, these concepts evoke in us and what is it that we we think we need some help with? And and actually, they essentially designed what the program is going to look like going forward. But Mm. to start with them saying this is how it this is how I engage with or this is how I respond to this particular challenge and this is what I think I need and being able to give people that space mm-hmm. so much more meaningful <clears throat> and someone saying my team's going through x y z and I think they need this particular program and and it just kind of misses the mark entirely it does and um and that's why I think the the most important skill and I'm not going to label it hard or soft there's the most important skill business leaders managers just I think people in general can have is is coaching like coaching skills because that exact you know scenario just described there comes off the back of you know brilliant questioning giving someone the space to share to think you know letting them see what comes up for them when when you when you throw words out there um and it's just amazing the amount of awareness and growth that comes out of those conversations mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i just I, I don't think we we do it enough but it's such a powerful skill um it's difficult to learn and and you know i think if we're making a distinction between hard and soft i think coaching maybe comes in sort of the well, I think probably covers both actually because mm. it's it's you know it's around your communication and and that sort of softer side but also it's it's a very hard skill to master um but the the outcomes are incredible like just the power of coaching I think it always surprises me when you when you just when you ask some really pointed questions mm. I think um you know you also some of the comments you made made me think about some of the barriers to focusing on um, these kind of soft skills or personal skills, whatever you want to call mm. them, mm-hmm. is around it's the time to mm. uh, explore and to share and to develop. And, you know, mm. that that two hours I spent with Jim's team last week, that's two hours of, it's not training them, it's just exploring. No. And that takes time. Mm-hmm. It's also about, um, I think another barrier for people is about, it's about taking risks. It's about, mm-hmm. you know, soft skills is about collaborating and decision making and risk taking and and so on. And are people in the right environment to feel okay to do mm-hmm. that? Or are they expected just to perform and to do consistently the right thing? And um mm-hmm. so again, that comes very much back to the kind of culture that we that we're operating in. Yeah, absolutely. And and it has to be our first what a call you know we have to think about what what that culture is what are the um what's the the energy i guess we want in in the organization mm-hmm. and and then from there we can make decisions about the you know the the space that we give people mm-hmm. the the training we give people the the skills that we want to see um so yeah it all starts with 
with with that first step, that mm. culture step. So then yeah. how do, and this is no small question, how do <laughs> we um, get the sort of financial directors or the kind of pe- the, essentially the people holding mm. the purse strings who are, who are working at what to invest in, mm. how do we get them to understand the need to invest in the mm. people skills? Because that's one of the big barriers, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's and they're difficult, difficult to measure. But a couple of ideas spring to mind. I, I sort of alluded to one earlier, which is around uh, onboarding, um, and something that I've seen work so well in um, in onboarding programs, bringing new new joiners in into the business, is to to have soft skills as part of that induction and almost navigating that through a company's values so values are an interesting thing i think some companies do them so so well some are just pretty much words on a on a wall that that don't mean anything they're not lived not they're not breathed in the business but i think if we can bring that conversation into the onboarding space and give people a really tangible takeaway in terms of this is our this is one of our values this is what it looks like in practice and this is how we hope expect you to to sort of operate in the guardrails of of that of that value a couple of examples spring to mind one was um uh, one of the um the values that a previous organization organization was all around collaborate uh, collaboration and and all that great stuff um and we did a a game that was called lost on the moon it's something that i did the very one of the very first organizations that i that i joined as a just as a as an employee this game was um was part of the onboarding process and it's just stuck with me for this uh, for the entire time um and it's it's all around um you sort of you do a task as an individual and then you come together as a group and you do the same task and you see you know a huge improvement in the outputs and and it's all, we don't really we don't really sort of um talk about it like like that we don't say oh you're going to do this task and you're going to collaborate and then you're going to see this we just kind of throw the task out there and you just see this amazing realization when they've done this task by themselves they've got an okay score but they've become together as a group and all of a sudden these these scores are you know shooting through the roof they're having amazing conversations um and 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 then the takeaway from that is just incredible they just you see that these people go off into the business using these not even it's not even that we've taught them a skill it's just helping them to recognize the power of coming together as a team collaborating sharing your thoughts valuing other people's opinions and it just sets the tone for collaboration throughout the business in 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 the future so coming back to your question about well how do we get fds and involved in this and and signed and signed on i think to be able to then demonstrate someone coming into the organization and the the trajectory to them being productive through these types of of um of interventions through these types of um of sessions i think is is a great way to talk about it so you can say well from you know week one someone is going to be in the business living and breathing our values challenging people's thoughts and ways of ways of thinking ways of doing things they're going to be collaborating with their team i think that's a, that's a great story to be able to to tell so um so yeah i think combining those values with 
the sort of with the soft skills I think a great way to start to really bring people mm-hmm. on board I really like that uh, your your examples brilliant I love that lost on the moon um it's yeah, great and it really emphasizes the value of put, of focusing on the process of how people come mm. together and how they engage with their work doesn't it which I don't mm. think enough people really think about so it's mm-hmm. this expectation we come to work and we just crack on doing what we've got to do and then we yeah. go home without you know classic examples meetings it's like how are those mm. meetings used and the number of times I've had conversations with people who run them it's like well actually do you need to do xyz in that meeting or would it be better off just carving out a chunk of that meeting to have mm-hmm. the kind of conversations that you've just talked about and just to mm-hmm. explore and to be you know to innovate in a collaborative way and to you know yeah. and just the whole process bit is the bit that's really mm-hmm. missing I'm going to put a link actually you remind me I'll put a link to another podcast where we talked mm-hmm. about um a, an episode where we talked about um a really good process of having meetings and getting people collaborating and it was oh, cool. one of the examples you're lost on the moon it reminded me of it and it's actually yeah, yeah. it just needs to be much more emphasis on yeah. on in on that space and how to create the right space for people to be able to use those skills so maybe it's not mm-hmm. about people don't have them they're just not given the opportunity to use them because as a company that's, we don't create that that's exactly it. and it goes back to that conversation we, we were having earlier about setting the tone for the for the business and mm-hmm. setting and really thinking about that culture that you want to see so we're effectively telling a person on day one day two we we want to hear your opinion we want you to challenge the way that we're doing things we we want you to 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 have a voice and 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 this is a you know a fun but quite poignant example of how to do that mm. um so you, you just, you're taking that value straight off the wall and saying this is how it's it's lived mm. at this business um and and we we want you to do that we in some ways expect you to do that and yeah and i think it's just a great way to to really really bring it bring it to life and um yeah and and like I say not really teaching anyone anything necessarily but you're just giving them the license to 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 operate like that and i think it's it's a really powerful thing i like that giving them the license i think um it reminds me of um a report by mckinsey health institute and um business in the community prioritize people um, mm. which was released last year and that was talking about um how enabling your workforce to thrive but what underpinned that and actually was designed is written for cfos and there was, it was mm. a lot of cfos contributed to it because they realized that there's a real barrier to people engaging in the stuff that really matters mm-hmm. um and but what underpinned that is that actually we it's not about having these new initiatives kind of being hurled at companies and saying well you've got to try this now you've got to try that is actually about going back to the basics which is what Mm -hmm. you were describing of psychological safety so that ability to speak up and to challenge and so on requires psychological safety so actually Mm -hmm. as organizations they go about creating the right environment in terms of people feeling safe to be themselves and to you know innovate and to Mm -hmm. challenge and and so on then that's the stuff that enables people to thrive and improves their mental well-being, um, enables mm-hmm. them to use their soft skills. They yeah. will see other people use it. It goes back to your comment earlier about role modeling. You know, mm-hmm. you're then in an environment where even if that's not your strength, you're part of you're part of it, you're observing it. And and that's you know a great way to learn as well. So 
but it goes mm. back to that whole kind of creating the right space for people to be able to engage in that yeah and no easy task but i think but it's such it's such an important place to start mm. um so yeah it's, and there is and there is a skills gap isn't it there is um i was looking at the on linkedin um the the global talent shortages um mm. uh the kind of articles are talking about um the shortage reached a 16 year high i think this was the last year oh, yeah. so 75 percent of employers can't find the talent they need with the right blend of technical and soft mm. skills and they had actually in the article um again i'll put a link in because i can't remember the web but they'd put in the article they'd put sort of the 10 top soft skills that um people mm. are looking for and they're struggling to find but mm. they need them alongside the technical skills, which is why, yeah. which is why I jumped out of me because I was like, "Well, this is what exactly yeah. what I talked to you about." Um, and and unless businesses consciously look at how they develop both the soft skills and the technical skills, mm. that gap is just going to get ever wider, isn't it? It is, and I think it also begs the question: How are we assessing for those skills when when people mm. join the organization? You know, I think again easy easier to assess on the technical it's easier to give someone a, a coding test or to have them assess a case study on the technical side but how are we putting that sort of rigor into you know assessing someone's soft skills i, I think a great way to, to do that again is going back to to values because it's all it's all dependent on what what good looks like in these in these softer skills for your organization so you know linking it with with the value i go back to a previous organization of where they had a value around challenge mm. we didn't ask for examples about you know how did you how did you challenge someone or you know whatever a, a, mm. better, a better example than that but uh, you know we we asked questions about you know when was the last time you gave someone constructive feedback you know what how you know what what does feedback mean to you um you know what you know how when did you last step out of your comfort zone that type of question which all speaks to that value of challenge yeah. but it's not just well, tell me about a time you last challenged you know yeah. it's it, and i think that again maybe something that businesses aren't quite thinking about but you know with this skill shortage mm -hmm. something that we need to be assessing for you know really quite rigorously i like that um that notion of just kind of posing questions about you know what does this mean to you and, mm -hmm. and so because I think it also gives um more permission for managers or people leading those mm -hmm. meetings or those sessions not to have all the answers so again one of the things um I come across is people say well I don't um necessarily feel I've got the confidence or the knowledge mm -hmm. or the skill to facilitate sort of this kind of discussion because I don't know enough about it myself. But there's nothing more powerful than someone who's facilitating that session to say, I'm not an expert in this. Mm. I don't know any more than you. I might say the wrong thing or whatever, but my intention is positive. And this is why we're talking about it today. Um, how do we all feel about such and such? And actually it, it equals everyone, it levels everyone out. So there's no 100%. professional in there teaching other people how they should be doing better. It's about, well, we're all developing together. And there'll be certain people in this room who have strengths with this or more knowledge about this, more experience of this than others. And we can mm. learn from them. The next time we have a conversation about a different topic, that those people will change. But mm. I think just it's a real leveler and it stops. It, it For me, it opens up 
huge potential for anyone to engage in conversations about this stuff because we're not requiring experts to come in and lead hundred percent. And I was thinking back to when I was doing my, my coaching training. Um, and one of the, the phrases our trainer would always say was come as you are, learn as you need. And like that is such a powerful thing where she is obviously the expert in the room, but she's, she's still, she still has that vulnerability and the humility, I guess, to say, well, I, I, and I, but I don't know everything. And actually there could be things that you're going to, you're going to teach me. There could be things that actually that I'm going to tell you that don't make sense in your, in your context. Mm. So, you know, I'm going to tell you this stuff, but if it doesn't make sense for you, then you leave it behind and you just, you know, learn, learn how you need, Mm. learn what you need. um, And then sort of go forth. And I think it's such a powerful thing. And, you know, again, we go back to this leadership and, you know, management conversation and it's, Again, is it a skill? Is it a mindset? I don't know. But the idea of being vulnerable and not feeling like you have to have all the answers, Mm -hmm. but being able to say, well, let's explore this together. Let's Mm -hmm. find a way forward together. Um, It's really powerful and can unlock so much in a a team and in in an organization. Mm. I I liked what you, um, the example you gave about onboarding and and then kind of touching on recruitment, because again, that reminds me of, talking recently with a, a, an organization that's going through huge change mm. and uh, we're exploring what that looks like and as part of that they were saying actually what they need to do is to look at their recruitment process to make sure mm-hmm. that they are recruiting people who can um actively engage with change and are and you know aren't phased aren't scared by it i kind of mm-hmm. like um you know welcome it and and accept that that's part of of progress and it was a really interesting, um, it's just, it's one person made that comment, but I was like, wow, they've really got it. They've got the sense mm. that as we recruit, we need to make sure we are recruiting the people with the right skills to engage with the process that our companies mm-hmm. go through, rather than they've got to tick all these particular hard skills off. Because um, yeah. the hard skills, you can you can train people up. And yes, you can, mm-hmm. you can, um, you can certainly develop the, the soft skills and we talked, you know, about that today, but actually to have mm. the right people with the right, as you said, early mindset, you know, and that mm-hmm. openness and willingness to engage in the processes that are about bringing people together and helping them along the emotional journey. Yeah. So powerful. It is. And what a great way to bring someone into an organization yeah. saying, you know, we don't, we don't have all this figured out. We're recruiting you because we want you to come and help us along on that, on that journey. But I think it is, it is absolutely a, you know a, a mindset and and you know and that's not not for everyone but that again goes back to this idea of we need to have all of not all of this figured out but we need to have a good idea of what we want our culture and what we want yeah. from our organization so yeah. that we can then be really upfront and honest with with someone at you know at the recruitment stage at the onboarding stage you know there's going to be change there's going to be things that shift but actually we want you to be involved in that and um and some people will say well actually no that's that's not for me and that's that's totally cool um but others will be like well that i'm up for that challenge i want to have these conversations and um and yeah what a brilliant way to come into a business being involved straight away yeah i think also on the other side some uh, some people i um coach who are um some leaders in their organization who have mm. been working in their organization female leaders for a long time mm-hmm. hugely experienced 
hugely talented and massively successful at what they do. Mm-hmm. But because they've worked in an organization for a long time, they kind of have done a bit of everything. And they're they're one of the people who both people I'm thinking of in the same situation where they're like, I'm no longer just top of my game in this one particular area of whatever mm-hmm. the hard skill is, but I'm really good across the board. But it und- it that undermines their confidence. And both of them have been worried about the fact that they are not whizzy whizzy in terms of all the latest um you know, haven't got loads of new certificates and mm. qualifications in terms of saying you've done this level of this and that level of that in terms of the tech stuff. And I've been mm. having the conversations with them, but look at the your ability to um, look after people and lead teams and encourage people to engage in the processes and mm. and and actually help trying to help them realize the value of what they have. I'm going to make sure I send this podcast episode to them so they can they'll know exactly who they are um but it is that but it's again it's it's about companies and what they're looking for to recruit but it's also the individuals Mm. putting their hands up and saying I'm really good at this stuff and I have a lot to offer your organization because I'm good at this and this is why it's really important now so it's almost them creating their business case of this is Mm. why you need me and that might bring us really like nicely full circle to this this sort of the description of hard skills versus soft skills because there is still this um mindset that maybe soft skills are inferior to to the to the hard skills um but it i think it's just it, it's yeah i think again it's just it's just this is the the sort of the the mindset around having um having the ability to to have great great conversations to actually when you're in that position of leadership it's no longer your job to be the expert in xyz Mm. it's it's your job to be the expert in the the sort of the the soft skill side of Mm. of that of that coin um and i think it's it it's for leaders particularly there's there's this idea that the leadership stuff is in some organizations like side of desk and it's not what we should be focusing our time on it's the the harder skills that the technical mm-hmm. stuff but again if we change that mindset actually bring these two things up to you know different sides of a coin but the same coin mm-hmm. um then we change the narrative around around what soft skills mean and i think in your example there it changes the mindset of those mm-hmm. leaders to say well actually i don't need to be the expert in all of this technical stuff because i'm the expert in the softer side of things um so yeah um, i think um john hibbs who i know uh from coefficient he commented to say um something about doesn't soft skills don't need rebranding they need repositioning in business Mm. strategy and it's about how we think of them and maybe we don't use um you know if we want if we want companies to take more seriously we stop using the term soft skills because actually they are hard skills they need they need um effort and intention to to develop and use well but mm. um certainly in terms of where, how we position them and how we think about them is it makes all the difference so as we yeah. as we kind of wrap up andrew give me some um top tips like what would your advice mm. be to people listening to this in terms of thinking about these skills in their organization yeah i think um i think the first thing that comes to mind is i don't think it's a tangent but it's it's a it's this idea of giving lnd a seat at the the table and like an actual seat at the table so that we don't 
have a an order coming down the line saying, you know, we need emotional intelligence training. We might need emotional intelligence training, but actually we're the experts in having that conversation. And more often than not, it probably won't be emotional intelligence training that, that you need. But because we're not in that conversation, because we're not in that room, then, you know, all these conversations have had before we can we can really help get to the bottom of what of what that training need or you know it might not even be a training need you know so i think giving lnd um a a, a sort of a, a seat at the table i think another thing that came to mind again slightly tangential but but important is to truly invest in in your managers and your leaders so that we can talk to them and have conversations about being vulnerable about not needing to be the expert about actually being the expert in this more human side of the conversation taking away this mindset of leadership management is something additional to your to your day job it you know it it, it is your job and your people are your job now um so we need to change that narrative um and I think it's yeah. I think the the I can't remember the the person's name, but not rebranding soft mm. skills, but repositioning them. Mm. They are equally as important. They're equally difficult, and um, and actually we need to be talking about them in in those terms. They they help us. They both both sides of that coin help us to be be good at our jobs, and we need both sides of the of those uh, mm. of that coin. So. Um, so yeah, investing in your leaders, giving LD a space at the table and repositioning. I like that. Good advice. And I and I want to finish with a quote from Forbes, which which kind of I've alluded to already, but it's that bit about it's not the skills that are lacking. What we lack are workplace cultures that allow those skills to shine. Which okay. I really like. That's Andrew, brilliant. thank you so much for joining me. I love this conversation. And bearing in mind, you and I had never spoken before today. And we literally, I only reached out to you two days ago going, don't suppose you fancy jumping on a podcast with me. <laughs> um, I have, it's, yeah, it's been so, so interesting. And I think um, the uh, the breadth of this conversation has, has kind of, again, just highlighted the importance of people really getting to grips with this and thinking, mm about what it, again, just what the term soft skills means to them, you know, go and have mm -hmm. some of the conversations, the questions we've talked about today, be brilliant for people to just go and take those and talk about those in their company. And it'd be really awesome Absolutely. just for them to think about, okay, what does this mean for us? Why do we That's think it's it. important? Let's just start having a conversation. Just explore it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a huge topic, but uh, I've absolutely loved it. Thanks so much for, for including Fabulous. me and uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. Thank you, Angie what have you taken from the conversation today please do think about your intention to do something differently and do give the podcast a thumbs up on apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts i'd be incredibly grateful if you could leave a short review too as it helps spread the word far and wide i'd love you to join the club to be part of driving real change that improves practice and people's experience at work You'll be the first to hear about relevant updates and free downloadable resources. Please do reach out to me directly to discuss the topics we've covered on this podcast or perhaps other challenges at work. And if we're not already acquainted on LinkedIn, please do connect. All the links you need are in the show notes. Thanks again and see you a fortnight.